0: You gotta fucking bring people in, right? You gotta fucking bring them in. What's up? What's up? What's up? Let's do this. 30 seconds of bringing you in, but you get like six. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man. Oh, Miss Rusty, what's up, everybody? It is Friday, whatever that means in your world. Hopefully every day's a Friday for you, and you're always working. And you're always enjoying life. Do that. Quit your job. Do water slides. Doesn't matter. You can be 41 and do that. Uh, it's cool. Whatever. So, thank you for being here on the podcast, the Public Access Podcast, here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network QGBN. I'm your host, Rusty Diamond. Check out other shows on the network, on the QGBN. Thank you to our sponsors, such as uh, Fred Ben Savage's Fox, Stoner Eats Productions, HardCoin Entertainment, Hypnosis is Great, and Sock'Em Up. Go to Sock'EmUp.org, S-O-C-K-E-M-U-P.org. People need socks. Yo, I'm going to talk fast, because I only have like 30 minutes with my special guest, who is right here, right now. So I'm going to try to go and cram it all in as much as i can because you got you got to make the best of the time right so right here right now we have josh harry there he is how you doing
1: good man how about you rusty
0: man i don't know i just feel like i got a burst of energy uh there wasn't there was no burst of energy until 3 minutes ago and now there's a burst of energy so whatever that, that means
1: that espresso's working huh
0: it is, man. Yeah, I got that running downstairs, and I, I realized it didn't happen until well, it's almost one o'clock now. I hadn't had any, uh, you know, espresso, any nothing. Just going, and so then I was like, oh yeah, I should probably do that. It's probably a good idea. Don't want to do it too late. But uh, so you've been on here before, B five, B six, B seven. And so, yeah, thank you for coming and being back here and not being uh, scared off, as I know some other guests may have been. I'm getting a lot more selective with who I have on here now. I felt like I went and just threw a big net and tested the waters and some stuck, some didn't, but such is life. You're one of the ones that stuck, so I- I'm happy to... To have you back on here and you I you know I do like having my people who are who are hustlers who are entrepreneurs and have 10 million hats and 64 fires and 129 different fires
1: I think and, I'm up to 132 but well it's, it's been a few. <laughs>
0: there was that, that three minute break while I was doing introductions And here he is going and putting in some more. And I mean, it it seems to not stop. There's always something, something going for you.
1: I mean, you know, better, better busy than bored. You know what I mean? And it's like um, how you you ain't going to make any forward, forward progress unless you're, you know, taking action essentially. Um,
0: Right. Even if it's to set something up, I mean, That's still forward progress to set up and kind of stand back for a minute. But that's that's still forward progress. That's getting to that point where and then you can go and work on something else. And it's just uh, kind of never ending. And so.
1: You know, to that end, though, I I would encourage your viewers and, and any entrepreneurs out there listening to make it a priority to take care of yourself as well and i fell into that trap for many years of the 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 too much hustle you know where where 16 18 hour days were the norm and and you know just just being obsessed uh to a certain extent with uh you know making business successful and and my career or whatever you know the thing but at the end of the day if you don't prioritize yourself and your health and especially your mental health um, you know, you're really not going to do what you're setting out to do um, with either your career or your entrepreneurship venture or look, even your relationships. Right. Right. Um. So, you know, like I said, I'd encourage everybody to really analyze and what's important to them and and like make sure that they're investing that time in themselves.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you can end up being that boss that you, you hate and then and then what happens? What, what, you know, you, you go and you go do this life. So you, are your own, you're your own boss, but then yeah, you get too much on your plate. And yeah, I went, I was there too. And I don't, I, I guess I'm glad I did it and learned and learned early that I can't get burned out. And because I think it's going to happen for anybody. I, I, I hope, That there's someone who can go and just jump into having their own business or businesses and just find that perfect balance of working enough, but still being able to have everything else prioritized to be in a healthy spot. And if you can do that and maybe learn from what we're saying right here.
1: I don't know about you, but I ain't found anybody like that yet.
0: (laughs) Me neither, man. Me neither, but maybe maybe today is their lucky day. Someone's going to be listening, and uh, yeah, go and uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was just so easy to just get into it, and I mean, even so, when when you're taking a break, I mean, do you still have stuff going through your head, or are you completely able to shut it off? Or what's what's like? How long can you shut something off? Shut off your entrepreneur brain
1: um i would say never uh in a way however you know you got to kind of have a um i refer to it as a parking lot and a and a mental parking lot is what i mean by that right because yeah. you shouldn't always pick up an idea and be actively participating in it or even a thought for that matter right like right. you actually have the option to participate in your thoughts or not and And so it's like this, where you may have something that's weighing heaven heavy on you, or a problem, or a fire to put out. But sometimes the best way to handle that fire is to literally just set it off in the parking lot, step back from it, observe the problem from you know what I call the thirty thousand foot view, and really just take an objective look at it instead of um, you know just attack it with all that anxiety and fear and and worry and, and all that energy, that's just going to screw it up anyway. Um, when, when, if you take the time to, you know, make that separation between the problem and the person, um, you know, even, even throughout the day, I take breaks, right? Like, like, look, my office is in downtown Fayetteville, Arkansas, and it's beautiful here. We've got walking trails and sidewalks everywhere and all that stuff. Big, big, nice uh, uh, strip we call Dixon Street with all the bars and different places you can go. And and so, you know, I'll walk from my office to the radio station pretty much every day. And it's just to clear my head and set down all the things in the parking lot that I'm working on for the day. So that when I re-engage with that, I'm fresh. I got a fresh set of eyes and I can objectively attack that program, pro uh, so problem.
0: What's the radio station? Are you One working at a radio three. station as well?
1: Yeah, I actually have a show on Rockstar Radio Live um, that we're going to be starting here in the next couple of weeks, and and Lane Hero will actually be sponsoring that. Lane Hero is my app company, um, and and pushing that forward. You know, we've got a lot of stuff going on with uh, different major label artists, and you know, I mentioned all the events that we did. We're, you know, Paul Wall and the Yin Yang Twins and dj paul and jelly roll last night struggle jennings and caitlin curtis and you know all those people that um uh, we did events with this week so you know some of those people and then even we're really focusing on emerging artists and and helping them get out and, and the show is kind of about what artists are doing for the community
0: okay so you're going to have on these artists on the show um is it going to be have them on the show to talk or, as well as have their music played on there
1: so so rockstar radio actually um publish and will play any unsigned artist uh, as long as you give us permission to play your music we'll get you a national uh you know distribution on the radio and then we do um uh, a lot of interviews with different artists not necessarily the a-list artists that i just mentioned you know we throw events for them and do production and stuff like that but Again, we're really focusing on emerging artists and you know for instance, my friend young Wag actually opened up for Paul Wall and yin Yang twins the other night and he was on the show and we had hung out you know the night before there talking and and figuring out um how we can help him further his career uh in the rap industry
0: and so I mean with the emerging artists, it's you know you I don't know. Cause I look at them, um, you know, like, like stocks. And I mean, uh, in a way, cause I mean, you're, you're in there, you're one of the, you know, early investors you're helping push. And so, but then you're also getting to give someone a fucking opportunity that otherwise, you know, can just be that lost in a big ocean of, you know, millions and millions of different artists but then yet you're able to go and you know grab grab a certain amount of them and be able to push them in the right way be able to show them a a model that's worked for you before to be able to you know get them and
1: you know honestly uh rusty like some of that stuff is not a model anymore because, you know, COVID really changed the landscape of the entertainment industry in a lot of ways. And there were a lot, a lot of people and a lot of venues and a lot of different places that just went out of business, man. They just couldn't maintain, right? Bad right. management or finances or, you know, there's any number of things that weren't necessarily anybody's fault. Um, but, you you know, it's very difficult to just plug into a program like the pre-COVID entertainment industry and have that degree of success it really takes an individualized approach and and just really pushing pushing the whole deal and when i say the whole deal i mean like the persona and the recording and the artwork and the and the, all the things that go into producing an album have to be curated and lined out specifically for The audience you're trying to achieve right and that audience has shifted and changed so much nobody's got the playbook anymore we're all just throwing hail marys and and flip passes out here you know what i mean to a certain degree but at the same time you know those who have strong players on their team to help support or coach in a lot of cases are the ones that are being successful and and continuing to grow the entertainment business
0: so what are you thinking uh if there's going to be a, let's say hypothetically sometime in the near future, there's another lockdown that happens. Um, what are, what are you, I mean, cause it sounds like you're, you're set to be, to be able to deal with, I wouldn't assume there'd be in Arkansas that there would be too much. Um, I don't know. I don't remember what, what you said. It was. What happened with uh, Arkansas during the last one? but so, if there's another one, but it sounds like for the most part, you still be pretty set up to be to have them be successful because well,
1: you know, like anything else in in entrepreneurship specifically, it's like when you get thrown a curveball, sometimes you want to swing the bat and sometimes you want to watch the pitch, right? right. and And so it's kind of like that in that. You know, when the first kind of like lockdown and everything happened, it was some people just seen it and said, okay, well, you know, 80% of my income from touring just went away. What am I going to do here? I'm either going to, you know, go get the nine to five or the remote work or whatever is available there. Um, or, or you know, the free money that they were giving out at the time, whatever the case may be. Right. And, and then there were others who were like, um you know fuck it i'm gonna double down i'm gonna go hard i'm gonna push virtual events i'm gonna do virtual concerts and i think some of those people are the ones that are still uh succeeding and that it you know what it what it really did and what it really does is just like anything else in the economy it, it eliminates the bad actors out of the market because you know i don't know how how uh familiar with the the entertainment industry your viewers are but it's not exactly the most ethical scrupulous uh just cut and dry industry right there's a lot of snakes and shady stuff and bad dealings and rappers getting shot every day kind of stuff
0: absolutely
1: that um can be challenging to navigate when when you're a 18 or 19 year old kid who just got stuffed off in a lockdown
0: Right. And yeah, I mean, especially once, you know, once they start gaining momentum and then, yeah, and having to, yeah, kind of either sink or swim. And so were you dealing with the the virtual concerts? Was, Was that something you were doing? And I mean, were there?
1: I helped advise some. I didn't really necessarily do a lot of that stuff myself, but it was like I had done a lot of virtual events and, different stuff before that so it was you know i was getting some calls and people were like hey how do i do this or you know technical aspect kind of stuff but um you know my main focus was building out the infrastructure for when they finally released the lockdown and and kind of scooping up some of those pieces that fell out the bottom of bad actors getting pushed out of the industry
0: so you went and took took their place uh from them.
1: How the market Natu- works, bro. You naturally naturally know I mean? getting like...
0: fucking yeah, taken out, which yeah, was probably a, a good thing and a, a you know, a good thing for both, you know, people behind the scenes and then whoever whoever their artists are as well. And it, I mean it's
1: you know, I kind of have a different view of it because to me it's good for the people and it's good for the clients and it's good for, because, you know, part of the reason I got involved in the entertainment industry, other than, you know, I played professionally myself and, and, and stuff many years ago, but was that I understand that there's a responsibility that comes along with doing these events and doing these shows, right? Like, I'm responsible for core memories of tens of thousands and in some cases, hundreds of thousands of individuals that will take that with them and that will, you know, either help them through their daily lives and the trials and tribulations and ebbs and flows of life, or it can inspire them to be greater, right? And and to keep pushing or to keep going or not give up or, you know, however you want to frame that. and And that is really like, The why behind it all for me and so it's really focused on that client and that and and I say client but I I mean it even comes down to like one random person in a 30,000 foot or 30,000 person crowd hearing that song and it affecting them on a deep level
0: yeah and I think that's important I mean yeah just even one person out of a group um really good, especially if it's Dialed in, and it's not very generic for for everybody. you know, for everybody, but there are certain parts that fucking really are zeroed in and can someone can really just yeah. identify right with it. And yeah, it could
1: well, that's why Jelly roll is the number one artist in the world right now, right? Because he's the epitome and 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 I was just talking about this before we hopped on the podcast with um that you know, the greatest story ever told in the history of the world through any culture um, is a comeback, ultimately, and and a lot of people can relate with that, and especially, you know, people like me and Jelly that come from street life and, you know, shitty backgrounds and just horrible situations to, you know, he and I are sitting in front of a stage of several thousand people last night. Um and there was one there was one instance in particular, can, you know, because I'm running around the show and stuff. And I actually had uh, uh, there's only one charging station at this particular venue. Right. And so I, I'm, I had to go all the way to my car and come all the way back to this charging station because my phone's fixing to die. And I meet this guy at the charging station and and, you know, you can tell he's had a little bit of a rough go. and 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 I just start talking with the guy and. And, and, you know, I showed him the picture that I had me and jelly roll that we had taken like an hour before or something and jelly rolls literally on the stage performing when I show this dude this and, and I just tell him, Hey man, maybe this is something that will inspire you. And I, and and I'm like, just sitting having a conversation with him. And, and he turns around and tells me that he's 30 days clean from meth and, and yes. that, you know, what what uh Jelly Roll's example there was you know something that really helped him through and that's why he was there and as well as he uh shared with me had a daughter you know and and that stuff so it was just kind of one of those random moments of meeting some stranger and 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 I even told him I was like yeah I'm just you know kind of some stranger but but ultimately he didn't know me from Adam and I roll up and 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 I had you know a picture with the artist behind the stuff and, yeah. and and I told him I said, look man i'm I'm a year sober myself, right? So just keep going and and you know, be encouraged that you can go really far when you begin to reallocate your life in that way,
0: yeah. And I mean, who knows if he hadn't been thirty days sober, would he have money for the ticket to go to the show because that money could have gone towards uh you know whatever next whatever page. yeah yeah just yeah, say yeah. that
1: is the next fix you know yeah that yeah. stuff will take over your life if you let it
0: yeah and so i mean that's cool enough to we yeah, all have this money like you know kind of almost burning a hole in your pocket because it's it's odd when you are so used to not having money and then all of a sudden you're like well I could go to a, I can go to a concert. I can go see fucking Jelly Roll right now. Like, okay, all I have to do is just not do this for a minute. And well,
1: and it's funny you say that because you know through my entrepreneurship journey, that was actually a really, really, really big struggle that I had to over contend. Excuse me. Um, when you come from no money, you come from like a lack mindset. And and you really like. I I call it you shitting on yourself, right, because you just don't have the mentality, even when you get the money to be able to manage it correctly and to allocate those funds for what, you know, their best use would be. And and, you know, growing up poor myself and then then, you know, getting some money and notoriety and stuff. I mean, I had a job one year where I made three hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars, and I couldn't show you a pot to piss in after after that year. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But it was because it's... my money story internally was coming from a place of lack, and and you know it took me changing to uh, a, a mindset of abundance and and believing that life is for me and not against me or or being done to me, right? That really. Um, Uh, helped me to be successful in a lot of ways from a financial perspective.
0: Well, and I mean, there's so much, even with anyone, I mean, not knowing how to, or what to do with finances. Um, I mean, especially, I don't know, I assume our age, but I assume that the younger generation has probably less idea of what to do with it i'm not sure if that's 100 percent true but i mean your yes. show it
1: doesn't have to be true
0: <laughs> yeah right right it's i mean i I'd, I'd like to see you know it be able to have an easy time you know being able to take money and you know have money and not want to just Pissed away because I I pissed away a good amount of money when I was younger and just wish you know I would have done something different and but I don't know if it's one of those things you have to learn the hard way but then hopefully if someone's listening to this this show they can you know at least they they got that to go with they start having the the conversation uh, right yeah I think I mean I mean how much of life is needed to be better with conversation Um, and with so much conversation being shut down or, I mean, that's a huge,
1: uh, I really just think it's about like how you define success. And I, and I think I mentioned something about this in my last appearance on your podcast. I don't want to go into much detail, but it's like, you know, at one point in my life I'm playing music professionally and, and doing some other illicit activities but but my my journey was to pursue fame. Right. And so I got it and I got a guy offered me a record deal and and it was a shitty deal. And and I just I, I literally wiped my ass with it and handed it back to the guy, which was a really cocky thing to do in hindsight. Probably not the best method. But, um, you know, and then I kind of retooled my stuff to to focus on money. Right. Because I hadn't had uh, shit at that point in my life. I had made over sixty thousand dollars a year. Um, and so a hundred thousand dollars was like this huge pinnacle of success that I had built up in my head. Um, and then I got it and it was very unfulfilling. Again, I made $328,000 one year and just blew it all basically. Um, and so then I went and, and I pursued, you know, having a family and fulfillment and stuff in that. And, and, you know, I love my family and, and my kids and everything, but ultimately I had to turn it inward and really define what success was to me. If, if, um, if I was a minimalist on a desert Island, right? Like, and if you kind of think about it that way, what, what ends up happening is you can take all of these experience and stuff and all of these failures and stuff and all of this like bullshit that you've had to put up with through your life. And you can retool that into your power, man, and and that to me is success and and serving the example to inspire others um, by by retooling, you know, just some really stupid shit I've done, right? Right. Um, right, is is what it's all about for me. And so, you know, the digits in the bank account are great, and you got to have them, and and you know that's a a, a resource that is necessary to to get the energy out that you're trying to get out right because it's ultimately it's just a transfer of energy and, and value, you know, but, um, at the end of the day, there's a lot more ways to transfer value than monetary gain too.
0: Yeah. And I mean, learning from stupid shit. Uh, I mean, I could, I could write a book about learning from stupid shit and, and failures. That's and...
1: right. One man, you know, I'm a literary agent yeah. too, right? Well,
0: I think it's time. I I actually uh, just yeah. I well I guess it's time. Yeah, I just uh, did a a book uh, sort of, but I it's on there. It's on Amazon, and uh, I yeah. But it's it's not about that. This one's about not not learning teaching people not to piss in the pool, but. This, this would be a little different. This would be, yeah, there, I mean, there needs to be a book about doing stupid shit and learning from your mistakes. And I mean, yeah, I, I can say, I could write the book. up
1: <laughs> I can't think of anybody better than you, Rusty. And I yeah. say that with all the endearment and love in the world.
0: I'm I i I'm cool with that, man. I understand. <laughs> and I know i fucked up. I've fucked up plenty of times. I've had plenty of, uh, you know, personal things fuck up. I had plenty of businesses fuck up, but I've learned from all those. Uh, I've probably done some of them over in a to a degree, but I did learn from that then. I, eventually, eventually I'm going to learn, and some things I might not realize are as dumb or as fucking, you know, uh, harmful to me or people around me. As I had thought and kind of glossed over those, but then the more that I, you know, realize how shitty they were, how important it is to make those better and how much it has helped. And like without me, without me being a dumb fuck for however many years, I wouldn't be where I am right now. I'd be, I'd still be fucking, you know, uh, spinning my gears and kind of getting nowhere doing the same shit and yeah if you do dumb shit man it's not a bad get thing dumb results you get dumb results but if you learn from those dumb results like you said that can be your power that like who else we has that story it.
1: we talk about it a lot in training salespeople and stuff and that you know and this is kind of the way i frame it we don't ever lose and and when people hear that, they're like, damn, that's a cocky statement, <laughs> you know, but but ultimately I say we don't ever lose because if we do lose, we can we learn. Right. Like if we fail, we learn from that. We we go attack it again. And David Goggins has this really, really just powerful, powerful speech on this where he talks about and, you know, everybody's heard the get knocked down seven times, get up eight but the way that he really frames it is that nothing and no one wants to stand up against something or someone that will never give up. Like if you think about it, man, and I'm going to kind of use like a biblical reference, David and Goliath, right? Goliath is like this huge giant he's so powerful and he's defeated all these armies. And David's like this dude with a slingshot. Right. But you know, if, and if in this example, Goliath hit David and he just kept getting up man by the like the 30th or 40th time Goliath's going what the hell is it going to take to beat this dude he just keeps coming back and that little bit of doubt seeping in for your opponent is where you can really just attack it and and you know what I mean that that's your moment to strike and and hit the slingshot between the eyes or whatever, because ultimately that doubt and that fear that you elicited in somebody else because you won't give up because you're they they know at some point that there isn't anything they can do that'll make you give up like you win
0: yeah but you win before you even hit them in the face with the fucking slingshot hit them in
1: between the eyes you know like you won here and you won here you know what i mean and that's what it takes to truly win and to truly hit success. Right.
0: Right. And I mean, it's so easy to just have this thing like, Oh no, I, I can't do it. It's fucking uh, odds are against me. It's, it's like, I couldn't do it. Like, it's, it's not my fault. Like, right. And like what that doesn't teach you. One doesn't teach you a fucking thing in the world. And two, Yeah, you can, like, just like you can blame a million other things, but until you you look inward, and you're like, okay, what can I do? This is what I can do. This is what I have. These are my skills. And every time I'm missing, I'm learning something about fucking Goliath here, and like, what? Where? Like, oh, Goliath, fucking! If you, you shoot down low and shoot up high like he has like a little bit of a, a you know slow down right there. You can't do it too fast. I so mean, I'm just going to keep trying that. Oh okay, I see like if I go and I start hitting him in the face that like he has kind of a slow reaction trying to block that and yeah, I mean, it just takes that, that one time to fucking strike and then yeah. one time's not a lot. It's 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 not and i mean people it's so easy just to yeah blame anything else and that's
1: the sucks. most proficient waste of time ever is blame and complaint because literally the breath that you're using to complain or blame somebody else and and look jocko willinkie has this concept called extreme ownership i'm sure you know a lot of people have read that book and stuff um and and his kind of philosophy is that even if you know for a fucking fact that it is not your fault, right. That there is no way in a million years they could pin it on you for the blame. If you accept the blame and the responsibility for that mistake or whatever, like you have the ability to learn from that. Right. And so it's like, you know, creating excuses or blame or deflecting or any of that stuff is, is really just harming you. Right. Because you are again shitting on yourself is what I call it. Yeah. When, when in reality, if you took that same effort and you said, Okay, well, I know I didn't, you know, wreck wreck my girlfriend's car, my girlfriend wrecked it. But what can I learn about how we manage that piece and step back out of the situation a little bit? Say, what can I do? Because I know I can control me to remedy that situation or make it better like yeah that's opportunity right and that's how we grow and it doesn't feel good to accept that blame but you can grow from
0: it. yeah you can You can learn from it and i mean yeah, it's the same thing it's like someone you're walking down the street someone fucking punches you and you fucking go you become you like hit the ground you become paralyzed or something i don't know but you can blame that person forever or you can be like, well, what, what can I do from this? Like, what, what can I, what am I going to do next time I'm I'm going down the street? Like next time I go down the street, I'm going to be fucking having my head on. So that's one more tool in his arsenal to, when it may
1: just come. be, what can I do from here in a case like that? Like right. what can I help other people learn from this scenario and how can I inspire other people and how can I continue to live my fullest, most defined, fulfilled potential?
0: Right. That too. And I mean, that's just as impactful for you as it is for somebody else. And so, yeah, yeah. It's fucking, don't be a fucking bitch. <laughs> just take, take responsibility for anything. Even if you don't think it's your fault, make it your fault. Yep. Make it your fault and fit find find something you can do better with it uh josh dude thanks for being on you i know you're uh you're a man on the go and you, you gotta you gotta gotta get you in, got you get you out you gotta talk really fast if i can this whole time um need to get as much josh uh time as i can so um
1: I'll, i'm happy I'll, to happy to have been on the show and glad that you asked me back for a second time and and, you know, really love what you're doing for for your network and and, you know, appreciate appreciate the conversation and stuff. So
0: thanks, man. Yeah, dude. I Yeah, I'll, I'll have you back on again. Um. So, yeah, it, it's it's good. And I, I think it's something that the people that are listening and watching need to hear and need to or need, need to listen to whatever, however they want to take it in. They get to do it, so yeah, dude. Thanks again for being here. Um, yeah, we'll we'll stay in touch. All right, bud.
1: Thank you, bro. Woo-woo. All right,
0: there you go, uh, Josh. Motherfucking Perry, dude. Hell yeah, I enjoy that. I enjoy getting to talk with him. He's a fucking man of many hats, a man of many hats, a man who a man who wears many hats. I can talk slow now because he ain't here and I'm on my time. I'm on my time now, motherfucker. Look at those pit stains. Hell yeah, you guys. It's getting hot here. These are fucking old pit stains, too, I think. Ah, they might not be. They might be new pit stains. You guys like hearing about pit stains? That might be the next podcast. Uh, The Pit Stain Podcast. Coming soon on the QGBN. But you guys look out for other shows on here. There's some more that are coming down the alley and... More content for all of you. So thank you everyone for listening. And leave a message here. We'll play it on the on the show. Leave a message 503-974-6420. Or maybe you don't like leaving messages and you think, huh?
1: Messages?
0: Messages? We don't need no speaking messages. But I need messages, 503-974-6420, and that is the show, man. Boom! It's Rusty Diamond Motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond Motherfucker. Ernest, Ernest. Ernest
1: <coughs> Yes, Pee Wee. You brought the snacks, right?